0: Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week we're bringing you the second part of our series on what you really need on your baby registry. We're talking all the basics that you will actually use for your baby. With this series there is a free download on our website bestlifemomsclub.com that gives you the complete list of everything we're talking about. When you sign up for the free download You'll automatically receive our weekly resource guide that has some tips and tricks in it, as well as some podcast suggestions. We'll also notify you when the doors to our mommy mentorship program open once again. We'll be welcoming new expectant moms near the end of each month, and we highly recommend joining when you're in your third trimester. It gives you the information you need when you need it. Monthly masterclasses from our guest experts from all over the world the connection with other new moms in the same stages as you, and of course, the guidance and mentorship of experienced moms. It's our way of supporting you on a more personal level. Again, that will open up near the end of each month. Before we get on with the show, I also want to give a shout out to the dads who are listening to our podcast. We've had a couple of dads reach out to us, and we're so glad that you're listening. We have plans to bring our husbands on the show, so if any of the dads have questions for us, send us an email or a DM on Instagram. We hope you enjoy part two of this series.
1: So moving from nursery into sleeping, I think, well, obviously you need crib sheets, obviously, because you can't have a
0: baby on a
1: naked mattress.
0: But all, all crib sheets are not created equal. So, the boys have a jersey cotton crib sheet and it's got a good stretch to it. Super easy to put on the bed. If I have to change the bed in the middle of the night, it's changed bing, bang, boom. Caroline has normal cotton sheets. It is hard and I still wrestle with the sheets when I put them on and she's two years old. So, make sure you get some sheets with a little bit of stretch to them. That makes sense. Because who wants to wrestle with sheets in the middle of the night if the kid is sick or peas or right. I don't know. I've never
1: really thought much about it. Figure crib mattress is pretty light. I just lift it up, throw it on and away we go.
0: Oh, that's Uh, what I do. But I just find that the, the sheets don't like go over nicely. The boys so easy. Caroline's (laughs) not so easy.
1: I think too. um, Receiving blankets are important, but you don't like you need a couple. I like muslin ones. You need a mix of them. I say you need some muslin for like warmer days and then you need more cottony, warmer, flannelly ones if you're in a colder climate or colder, you have a winter. But receiving blankets, you use those for everything. Use them as burp cloths, use them as blankets, cuddling, like you can put it down on the floor if you wanted to play, if you need to play on something. Well, and the
0: muslin ones you use as swaddles, right? Yeah. Like you can, they're really easy and long to swaddle your, your baby with. They're really big.
1: If you have a smaller baby, um, like the more flannel cotton ones are usually smaller. And so if you have a smaller baby, you can really snug them in like a tight little burrito.
0: We actually found some larger flannel ones and I could actually wrap the boys in those too. That was kind of good, but they were abnormally big. Like, way larger than normal ones.
1: Yeah. Also, sleep sacks. I love sleep sacks. Finn is still having a sleep sack, even though he's two. He still has one.
0: The boys are going to be four in September, and they still sleep in a sleep sack.
1: Yeah, I love them. Freya can fit into Finn still, like, into his two-year ones, um, and she still was like, I want to sleep in this. Or she just puts it on to play. And I'm like, you're four years old and you can fit into a,
0: two- a two-year-old. Uh, that's funny. Sad. Yeah, sad. no, no. the boys actually have one that's for up to five or six, I think.
1: Yeah, there's different ones and like, they're great. And they come in different temperature ratings. So it's all like sleep sacks have a TOG, a T O G, which is like, has to do with the thickness of the material that and how it relates to different temperatures. And so like they range from muslin and cotton and then you can get really warm ones with like fleece in it, but like warmer ones for colder weather climates. And also, I love sleep sacks. Both Finn and Freya love being swaddled. So I'm a big fan of the Halo sleep sacks cuz for the newborns You can get ones with Velcro wings so that you swaddle them and they can't bust out of them. And I found those were a very big help. I loved the halo sleep sacks.
0: Yeah. Halo is the brand that we, we used as well.
1: I have also used Ergo baby sleep sacks. I really like those as well. I use those with Finn. Yeah. Um, the Ergo baby is a different material and thicker and it was nice kind of like a little straight jacket it was different style. Finn And he liked those. And I use a lot of Halo sleep sacks.
0: Halo doesn't have really large sizes. So like, I think they go up to two years. Yeah. So they, after that, we moved to grow bags.
1: Yeah, you're right. Grow bags. And then, but Halo does have them. They move after certain months, they go into like, they use small, medium, large, extra large.
0: And yeah, but I think of, even the, the extra large, I believe, don't quote me on this, is up to two years.
1: I think it's two or two and a half years. I think you're right because Finn is in an extra large right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So but then yeah. you have to go to something like a grow bag that has smaller sizes and larger ones.
1: Yes, I have seen those. But I am a massive fan of sleep sacks and swaddles as well because I found swaddlers help, swaddling helps the transition in the uh, fourth trimester with sleeping made a
0: massive, massive difference. Yeah. I I don't know anyone that didn't swaddle to be honest. I know quite a few people that didn't swaddle.
1: Yeah. And they said like their baby doesn't like it, but it's a matter of like getting the right one and getting them in the right position. Um, Because like it's natural. They say like they fight and they flail out of it but mm-hmm. babies, newborns especially have a, have a startle reflex where they like, if their arms are out, they come flying out really fast and they startle themselves awake. And that's what they would be saying is like their baby is asleep all of a sudden. And then they they throw mm-hmm. an arm out and it wakes them up and they don't like the swaddle. What actually is, is like the, the startle reflex is waking them up and the swaddle kind of, it mimics the womb. Right. And it, extends the fourth
0: trimester for them I makes some nice and toasty
1: yeah but also right. comfortable it's a it's a comfortable yeah. position to feel be s- snug and secure I think Finn if he had the choice now he would still be swaddled <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny mm-hmm. yeah I think I transitioned the boys about three months maybe a little two three months
1: well that would make I mean, sense Caroline make, too Yeah, that would make sense, right? Because preemies are, if you go by corrected age, they're developmentally a little bit farther behind, right?
0: So next we have diapering. So basically, you're going to need diapers of all different sizes. I know right now there's the, have you heard of diaper parties for men? Yes. Yeah. So kind of a good idea, kind of not a good idea, because I find that you're in, some sizes you're in for a while and some sizes you fly through them really quickly. Yeah. For example, some babies, they will be in newborn diapers for a while. And then we have a friend of ours who the kid was 10 pounds when it was born and the kid was never in newborn diapers. He started off in size one. Yeah. So it all all depends on the baby. A larger size, like size five, you're going to be in probably for a while.
1: I feel like, I feel like Freya went from like size five
0: into underwear. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, she did. Yeah, that's what the boys did. Yeah, Yeah. size five was kind of the the last one and Caroline's in five now. Yeah. And, uh, and so she's showing signs of wanting to be potty trained. She'll end up in size five, but we've been in size five for a year now, right? So like, if you're gonna have a diaper party, ask for size five. <laughs> Not all diapers are created equal No, right? Like some people swear by Pampers, some people swear by Huggies. It all depends on your baby's body and how the diaper fits your baby's body. But recently you and I both, we, we were both Pampers people. Our babies just, it just fit our babies better. And so we use the Pampers Swaddlers Nighttime And then we couldn't get them. And so we had to use the Huggies nighttime and we actually prefer the Huggies nighttime.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And I was just going to add too, like there, once you get out of kind of the swaddling, the smaller sizes uh, and your baby has like a larger output while sleeping, there is a very big difference between regular diapers and nighttime diapers. And you're the one I remember you discovered it. And you yeah. are like, oh, yeah, I have, I've bought the boys nighttime diapers. I was like, what's the difference? And a massive difference.
0: Huge. Yes. Buy nighttime diapers. <laughs> Absolutely. And, now and, and try the Huggies ones, even if your baby fits in Pampers better. Well, I, the reason why
1: I was more of a Pampers person was because with Freya, in the hospital we were using Pampers, and then we used Huggies. I think somebody gifted us some Huggies, and she ended up getting a diaper rash from the Huggies. So I was like, ah, we'll just use Pampers. And then Pampers were great for Finn. So then we became a Pampers family. And now we're a daytime Pampers for Finn. And then the nighttime Huggies because the Huggies nighttimes are so much better for
0: him. Yeah. The Huggies nighttimes, I'm not sure what it is. Like I find that the Pampers ones get a lot fuller, if that makes sense. They must be made with different stuff. I also like the, there's little purple tabs that kind of keep the diaper in place better on the huggies which I also really liked I found that the Pampers diapers fit the boys better than the huggies because someone had gifted us some huggies too and I just found that they were bulkier on the boys just didn't fit their body as well and then so we just used the uh, Pampers swaddlers and then the Pampers cruisers uh, for Caroline too, and then it wasn't until the pandemic and not being able to get my nighttime diapers that I was like, I'm gonna try the Huggies nighttime, because Caroline had a couple leaky diapers. Because again, daytime diapers aren't nighttime diapers, so you're you're gonna have to like try out a couple of different brands maybe, but uh, that's if you're looking at the the main brands, definitely check out Huggies for nighttime.
1: Well, and then diapering also, there's a whole nother world that neither of you or I have experienced of the cloth diapering,
0: right? Yes. I looked into it for the twins and then decided I was having twins, so not to go after (laughs) it. (laughs) That offers
1: a whole new range of diapering things that we can't really speak to because that's not our experience.
0: I know there are diaper services now, too, where, like, you buy a set of cloth diapers and then you pay, like, a fee and they do, like, a weekly pickup drop-off. So, like, you put the, the, at least locally where we are, I'm sure they're, they're uh, elsewhere, too, but you put the soil diaper in this bin and then they pick it up and then drop off, like, fresh, fresh diapers, like cloth yeah. diapers. Or- yeah. So there's different ways to do cloth diapering.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, disposable might fit you, might fit some people, and then cloth diapering might interest other people. I think that is something you need to look into either if you're gonna do a service like you had found or if it's gonna, if you're gonna just, you know, get your cloth diapers and handle them yourself. There there are other options, but there are options for disposable as well as cloth. It wasn't something that I really looked into. I just don't don't necessarily know if I was maybe aware of it. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I looked into it and then with Caroline, there was just so much going on. I didn't even didn't even touch that again. Along with diapering, like you're gonna you're gonna need if you're doing the disposable, you'll need a diaper pail and and liners to go with it. And then you're gonna need some of the basics, like you'll need a diaper bag. And you'll need things like wipes, diaper cream. So.
1: I, will, I will say adding with the diaper pail, I highly recommend a diaper pail with a foot pedal so that you're not having to open, lift the lid. You had a lift a lid one.
0: Yeah. I and didn't even know that you could get pedal ones
1: when I yeah. got and them. Yeah. I, I have a pedal one and it's, I just much prefer, there's not that big of a price difference between them. Like if you're looking at diaper genies, but, um, which is like one brand of the, what we have of the diaper pail, but it, yeah, there's a foot pedal. I highly recommend the foot pedal. Cause you just step and drop. You don't have to lift. So you can have one hand on the baby, drop the other one. You're good to go. Um,
0: there's actually a brand where you don't have to buy their bags. I forget the name of it. Oh yeah. I know the, people who have it.
1: There are, ha- there are like Pinterest hacks for, for the, the liners for sure.
0: No, 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 like, but this is a different brand. They're a little bit more expensive and it just takes like regular bags. So it's like significantly cheaper than buying like diaper genie refills. Forget the name of the brand though, but I'm sure if you Google it, it'll pop up. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Or Pinterest it. Pinterest and everything. (laughs) And then I will say one of my favorite, and this kind of goes with bathing as well, is one of my favorite items is coconut oil. I use it for diaper rash like for for on bums and also in bathing. Um coconut oil is like a miracle worker and I consistently use it even now like if um even like if you get a little redness if you have a girl
0: it's just you throw some coconut oil on it it's good to go. So with us for diaper rash cream I actually found zincofax spray And I found the spray was better than rubbing a paste on, especially my, the boys used to get terrible diaper rashes. Oh, I remember it was bad. Like, yeah, you remember painfully uncomfortable. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, they got terrible ones. And the spray worked better because I would say, I'm just going to spray. So they knew I wasn't touching what hurt. And then I, as soon as I'd spray, they'd stop crying. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you got got a kid with bad diaper rash and you don't want to go the natural route with oil and stuff try the Zincofax spray. Yeah, it was a lifesaver.
1: I do agree. I like Zincofax as well. Um I think that's our kind of go-to butt cream. We still use it all the time. You get a little red, you're like, "Oh, okay, I have some Zincofax, I'll throw that on." And they have different strengths, right? They have an original and they have a super strength. So you have to
0: I never looked into it, once I found the spray, isn't that funny?
1: Yeah, and actually yeah. Um, Zincofax is the type that they used in the NICU and the hospital. So I was like, okay, we'll just do that. But yeah, there's a, they, they have different strengths and you don't want to use the, the extra strength all the time. But then like going off of my coconut oil into bathing, there are some things that you kind of need. Like a baby tub I think is important, especially for... Newborns, oh, definitely.
0: Yeah, you definitely need a baby t- tub, and they're not that expensive. No, I
1: agree. And Fre- for Freya, we and Finn actually, but Finn hated the bath. But Freya, she started out in a dishpan because she was so small because the baby tub, like the baby tub, was too big for her. So, um, she was in a little dishpan.
0: Oh man, she was so tiny. <laughs> The thing with the bathing is, you can just buy regular soft towels and cloths, right? So you don't have to buy the little baby stuff. But if you're gonna buy baby washcloths, you'll use them all the time because I still always wipe my kids' faces and stuff with them.
1: Oh yeah, we still we use. We have a stack in the bathroom in one of the drawers, and then we have a stack in the living room on top of their little play kitchen, and every night, like every meal, we use. A cloth. We use those baby washcloths to, like, wipe up after, wash hands and face after we eat. Yeah, we're, we're the same. Yeah, you'll use them forever. They're definitely worth buying, for sure, because they're thinner, they're smaller, they're easier to handle. Baby soap and shampoo, I think, are important, too, because your baby's skin is really, like, especially a newborn, is um, really sensitive. So you want to use sensitive, no-tier, sensitive skin.
0: You can get some good natural stuff too.
1: Yeah. And I also will add, I love, again, I'm a massive fan of uh coconut oil for everything. <laughs> it's like breast milk and coconut oil solve the problems of everything. Um, But after we would have a, give a bath, we would do a full body rub down in coconut oil and it would just help with like any dry skin. You put it in the if you have cradle cap, you can put it on this on the scalp and massage the cradle cap off. It like flakes the cradle cap away. Love coconut oil. You can do a scoop in their mouth while you're doing that, so that it gives them some of the healthy fats, so that it can fatten them up. If you have a skinny baby.
0: <laughs> so next we have feeding.
1: Mm, yes, feeding. Um. So, where to begin? I think a drying rack is important, like, it's helpful because it centralizes where all your baby stuff is on your counter, whether
0: you're yeah, you, saying, you definitely need a baby, a baby space, right, yeah. where things are sterile, and, and all the baby stuff is there. Yeah,
1: bibs, obviously important, because once you get, start getting solids, they're gonna, they're gonna um, make a, big mess and then also bibs if you're when you're burping if you have a reflux baby you're kind of going to wear bib all the time um, I know you like having a bib for older kids older
0: babies that have sleeves right no my kids didn't wear bibs what no my kids would not keep bibs on even the ones with sleeves I thought somebody nope. gave,
1: I thought it was you that gave gave me a sleeve one
0: I might have because my kids wouldn't wear it <laughs>
1: Well, I think the sleeve Mm -hmm. ones are great. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, They are harder to get off. My kids are like Houdini and still manage to get it off. Totally gave up. I would like strip the boys. Somebody gave me it to you. I thought it was
1: you. This is like the best thing ever.
0: Yeah, it probably was me. Um, And and to be honest, they are great. But the problem was one of the boys didn't want to wear a bib, got it off. And then the other one went, well, if he's not wearing one, I'm not going to wear one. And then Caroline... Just won't wear a bib, so <laughs> I gave up on bibs. I I do lots of laundry and I I would let them eat naked, well, without a shirt on. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, bibs are good and I did ask for bibs.
1: So kind of going along with bibs, you need uh like baby spoons and then baby dishes like little bowls or plates. Obviously that's when they start eating solids, so you would want that because when you start solids they're only starting a little little bit you don't need a full like human <laughs> adult size bowl cuz it'll just be it'll just be too too big
0: and if you uh, want to know some tips and tr- tricks about feeding your baby solids we have as part of our mommy mentorship program we have a master class with with a pediatric dietitian so she's going to Uh, Talk about how to introduce your baby to some solids so that they end up being good eaters.
1: Yeah, I love the shameless plug. Um, But yeah, actually, that masterclass, I learned so much from her. Like, where were you two years ago? Okay, so a feeding pillow. Obviously, if you're going to breastfeed, I think a feeding pillow is really important. There are different types of feeding pillows to look into. Obviously, um, I have a Jolly Jumper. I have it on my lap right now. I sleep with it every night still. I'm not breastfeeding, but I do sleep with it every night in between my legs right now. Um, I have a Jolly Jumper, like Boomerang or something. It's the best pillow. Like, I just cuddle with it. I love it. It's like, instead of a body pillow. So there are multi-uses to a feeding pillow. And so, but you also have to look into... Like the different styles to see what works for you. Cause some of them are like really hard and tight. And if you're curvier like I am, those don't work, especially the ones with like the clasps on the back don't work really well. If you're curvy or if you have really big boobs. But then if you're not gonna breastfeed, you can still use a feeding pillow to like put the prop the baby up and then give them the bottle, right? You used to do that with the boys.
0: Yeah, good for tummy time too, right? And taking pictures, I'd prop them up for pictures. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's funny yep that's true.
0: um the other thing you'll want to make sure with feeding is you will need burp cloths and porter he had acid reflux and so what we ended up doing was buying microfiber cloths from the hardware store and we used them as burp cloths because they were more absorbent so they're cheaper than burp cloths they might they're not as cute as burp cloths but they work a lot better so that's a, a good little tip Uh, also you're going to need pacifiers so there are different brands of pacifiers you're going to need pacifiers but your kid might not like certain brands so don't don't ask for a whole bunch of pacifiers see what they like first the boys there was one brand that the boys would not touch and then another brand that they loved so i don't know about your kids did your kids have pacifiers
1: yeah, Frey could kind of take it or leave it, but she would take it um, and she would be fine and then she would kind of console herself and then she'd throw it away and she'd be happy as be fine. Uh, Finn is still obsessed with, uh, like, he loves, loves, loves his passive like his soothers, um, as we call them. He has always been a really big soother. Like, he needs that as a soothing mechanism for him. Well, um, that was like
0: Porter. He yeah. used that forever and then finally I had to take it away from him.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he, um, there's been a lot of like transitions for Finn in the last couple of weeks with going back to daycare that we're struggling with. So yeah, we're not at that point yet. Cause it's a bit of a lifeline right now. One at a time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Finn is a big, big soother one. Freya just kind of like all of a sudden just stopped using it. She didn't really need it at all. I think it'll be a big fight for Finn to get rid of it. And then like, for you in your realm of formula and bottle feeding, what did you what is important?
0: So, you're gonna need to have probably about six bottles, and then you'll need at least six nipples, and you'll need it in each flow. So, there's different nipple sizes, and therefore, when your baby's different ages, so you're gonna need six bottles. You'll have to decide what brand you think is right for you. I really like the Avent bottles. I did a bunch of research. There was an anti-colic ball and and a natural flow. I actually had both, and uh, I really liked them. You'll also need a bottle brush and a bottle sterilizer if you're planning on formula feeding or if you're planning on pumping and and giving the baby a bottle sometimes. Okay,
1: so, so. I have to ask: Is a bottle sterilizer actually something that you need? Yes,
0: 100%. Yeah. I use it all the time. That was, they're like 20 or 30 bucks. They're not expensive. And I used it all the time. Is that the big thing that you put in the microwave? Yeah, you just put some water on it. You put it in the microwave and then the bottles come out all sterilized. And I would use it for nipples and you name it. Like, I'm sorry, soother nipples. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it's actually interesting that you say that because I can totally visualize it on your counter. But for breastfeeding... And pumping, there I used microwavable sterilizer bags, and they were a game changer for me. As like when I was pumping, and they were. Wonder if you could use a bottle sterilizer for pumping. I, you probably can for the all the parts of your breast pump, Um, and I highly recommend if you're considering breastfeeding or, or pumping. Obviously, pumping is it's a necessary material, but breastfeeding too it it can add some freedom. It takes some work, but it can add freedom. Um, I know for sure, like right now, the Haka is a really popular kind of pump right now, super trendy, but um, another shameless plug, (laughs) Um, our breastfeeding expert for our mommy mentorship, she actually does speak about the uh, Haka and the kind of like the dangers of it because you can become self, you can be, become reliant in pumping just for the Haka when you don't need it. So you'll actually overstimulate. So there is some like user beware um, of the Haka, even though it's super trendy right now. But yeah, the microwavable steam bags, I used the um, Medela ones and they were awesome. And then also, yeah, I think I just used the Medela ones and you can use them for like 12 uses. You just put a little bit of water in it. You put them in the mic, zip them up, put them in the microwave. It was awesome. You could do a whole like bottle nipple, all the flanges for the pump.
0: I actually did have some sterilizer bags too, because when you're on the go, they're good to throw in your diaper bag. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Right. Like if you are bottle feeding, I just found that because with the twins they were expensive. That's why I ended up getting the the bottle one.
1: No, that makes sense. And also you can probably hold more in the bottle sterilizer than you can in the microwave bag.
0: Yeah. I would think so for your purpose. They totally work
1: for pumping. It worked great. So like, I know, like I would be able to fit a bottle, like a catch bottle, and then all of the, like the, the, um, nipple pieces for the pump, all like all those parts could go, the flanges and everything. You have to take that apart. Um, would fit. So one kind of breast would fit in that microwave bag to sterilize. Also with pumping, nipple cream. There's tons of different nipple creams. For sure, super important for breastfeeding and pumping. There's tons of different kinds for nipple creams. Buy it before the baby comes because you'll want it in the hospital. Yes, because you have to train your nipples and build up calluses on your nipples if you're pumping or breastfeeding or if you're alert- attempting to breastfeed, it will hurt. Nursing pads, because your boobs leak, and I think you need nursing pads probably if you're formula feeding until your milk dries up too. Did you use nursing
0: pads? I did have nursing pads. I don't remember how long after I stopped pumping I used them for. It wouldn't have been very long. Yeah. Dries up pretty quick. Yeah.
1: Yeah. um, But nursing pads, I, you know, solidly for the first like seven months lived in them. And then milk freezing bags for pumping, obviously, because then you can freeze it. uh... Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.